Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. This week, Canada's politicians are back in the House of Commons for the first time since the fall election. On Tuesday, Governor-General Mary Simon delivered the throne speech, which opened the new session and outlined the key priorities for the Liberal minority government. Growing an economy that works for everyone, fighting climate change, moving forward on a path of reconciliation, making sure our communities are But safe. not all the attention has been on the Liberals. Since losing the election, Aaron O'Toole has faced constant challenges to his position as leader of the Conservative Party. Plus, the party's stance on keeping MPs' vaccination status private means that O'Toole hasn't really been able to talk about any other issues in the press. I don't think there's any doubt that both the um, questions about his leadership as well as questions about vaccination are challenging Mr. O'Toole's ability to get his message out to the public through the media. That's parliamentary reporter Ian Bailey. He'll tell us how Aaron O'Toole is cracking down on dissent within his own party and fighting for his political future. This is The Decibel. Ian, thanks so much for being here today and joining us. Oh, happy to be here. So we've got a new session of Parliament upon us now. What's the feeling like there on the Hill these last few days? It's interesting to see hundreds of MPs filling that uh, chamber in the West Block of uh, Parliament Hill from across the country, wearing masks, of course, because that's the nature of the times. But just that, that crowd, that energy and that buzz at a time even now when there's kind of an uncertainty about gathering in that way. But the business of government is underway. Um, Throne speech today, cabinet meeting this morning, and members of the media catching ministers on key files as they entered and left. If we're talking about the uh, feeling around the Conservatives, it's um, a feeling of mild chaos overshadowed by questions about vaccination. In a perfect world, I think that uh, Aaron O'Toole, the leader, and uh, his uh, critics would have the airtime to deal with the big questions they have about the Liberal government. How much have we actually seen from him or, or heard from him, really, since Parliament resumed, but I guess also since the election this fall? Mr. O'Toole has been around for caucus meetings recently. We, members of the media, have a chance to speak to him as he enters, and we try to get him as he leaves. Um, he hasn't um, been doing a lot of news conferences On Monday, which was the day that uh, MPs returned to the House of Commons, we effectively heard from Jagmeet Singh. We effectively heard from the government through Mark Holland, the government house leader. We did not uh, see or hear from Mr. O'Toole, although we did hear from him Tuesday. And they're also seeking to limit the type of medical exemptions MPs can have from being vaccinated. Can we get your thoughts on that? Well, as we saw, it was good to see the chamber full yesterday. It was good to see MPs safely working together in the nation's interest. We want to see Parliament return to proper function. One of the issues that has been plaguing Aaron O'Toole is is this vaccine mandate that's been in place in the House of Commons. The Conservatives are the the only party in the House that has not disclosed the vaccination status of their MPs. Um, And so there was a lot of anticipation earlier this week. Can you walk us through what happened on Monday there? 
Well, on Monday, the you know, members filed in from all sides of the House. It looked like a full House. Um, you know, we reached out to the Conservatives just to, just to get a full final count uh, of what was going on. We were told by their acting communications director that with the exception of a Conservative MP, Richard Lahoux, who has unfortunately tested positive for COVID, any Conservative MPs not in the House were away for reasons unrelated to the pandemic or the whole issue around the vaccine mandate. So maybe a few were away. For example, BC MP Mark Straw was in BC dealing um, and offering support given the flooding, mudslides and the disaster that's underway in that province. And so that's kind of how it played out. Why don't some Conservative MPs, why don't they want to disclose their vaccination status? I suppose it, um, it's partly an ideological thing. It's, uh, I know that there's been talk about it. It's an issue of privacy. It's an issue of uh, respecting the public health privacy of MPs and members of their team. The other parties, the Liberals, the NDP, uh, the bloc have been more forthright about their vaccination numbers. I mean, so they've balanced their role as issues of privacy with the fact that they're sort of uh, people in a very public position as members of the House. O'Toole himself uh, is vaccinated. He's he's made that public. But there are a lot of conservative MPs within his party uh, who are against the vaccine mandate and, and making people be vaccinated. How organized would you say is this kind of internal opposition within the party? There's a, um, obviously, a, a Sarni MP, a Marilyn Gladue, is um, not too long ago, Ms. Gladue announced that she was assembling a caucus to look at issues around vaccination and uh, was going to get to work on this as a kind of uh, committee to review these matters. Now, last I heard, she was going to have a discussion with members of the Conservative team who were interested in this issue. But um, I haven't heard since then how that discussion has gone. And just to be clear, so this is a, it's a caucus within the larger Conservative caucus then? That's correct, yes. So we've we've talked a lot about vaccination status here, but this isn't the only area where O'Toole has faced criticism from within his own party. Uh, we've seen a few petitions since the election for a review of Aaron O'Toole's leadership. Yes. As you know, the most recent one coming from Conservative Senator Denise Batters. Can you break that situation down for us, Ian? What, what happened there? So Senator Batters, a respected member of the Conservative family, whose uh, appointment as a senator was recommended by Prime Minister Stephen Harper, the former Prime Minister, launched a petition that called for party members to vote within the next six months on Mr. O'Toole's leadership. Normally, the vote would have been in 2023 at the party's next convention. As leader, Mr. O'Toole has watered down and even entirely reversed our policy positions without the input of party or caucus members, on carbon tax, on guns, on conscience rights. He flip-flopped on our policies within the same week, the same day, and even within the same sentence. He won the leadership. In launching this effort, she was sharply critical of Mr. O'Toole, blaming him for the party's loss in the recent election, sharply criticizing his move to the center on issues such as carbon pricing and such. Mr. O'Toole um, ran for the party leadership as a true blue conservative and pretty tough words and video that came uh, with this call to the party. And what happened as a result of this petition that she that she launched there? She was removed from the uh, conservative caucus. Her ouster was uh, announced and ordered by Mr. O'Toole. Mm -hmm. And he said that anyone else who was offside with the party would be um, facing uh, similar kinds of sanctions. It's worth noting that the Senate caucus 
is keeping her in as a member of their team. So with O'Toole kicking her out, essentially, is is this a sign that he's kind of coming down with a little bit of a, a firmer hand on, on all the turmoil within his party? It's an absolute sign. That's what this is all about. That's the message he's sending. We have reported that there's a move within the Conservative caucus to oust MPs who are working against the party's leadership. And so Mr. O'Toole, with his supporters in the caucus, are sort of rallying to sort of um, crack down on dissent within the party. O'Toole must still have some support amongst his his ranks, though. He, He is still leader. So can you give us a sense of how much support does he still have amongst his MPs? We, um, you know, we, we stake out Conservative caucus meetings in the last week. There were, yeah, there were lots of MPs coming in who glibly but very succinctly said as they entered and exited that they supported Aaron O'Toole, that it was time to get back to work, that it was time to focus on holding the Liberal government accountable, that um, Senator Batters had crossed a line. So clearly he does still have support. We have reported that, of course, there are other Conservatives in the tent who have their concerns about Mr. O'Toole and that they are going to make their moves to raise their concerns in due course and over a period of time. Nothing has happened since then, but we will see how things unfold in the coming weeks. So they'll make their moves to voice their concerns, but is, is there anyone, I guess, any other member emerging as a potential alternative to Mr. O'Toole? There's no uh, Paul Martin figure. There's no uh, Brian Mulroney figure going back further in recent Canadian political history, sort of uh, waiting in the wings to to step forward to lead the party at this time, at least no one who's declared their interest in the job. And if that happened, it could change things substantially. But at this their point, there isn't. There's been uh, abundant speculation that uh, Ottawa area MP Pierre Polyev now the party's finance critic might be interested in becoming leader, but he has made it clear that he is not interested in the in being the leader at this time, that he supports the current leader, and he's now uh, fully engaged in his role as a finance critic. So there's a lot of internal things that are going on within within the party here then. What impact are these internal issues really having on, on Aaron O'Toole's credibility as leader of the party? I don't think there's any doubt that both the um, questions about his leadership as well as questions about vaccination interferes with his ability to talk about the issues that he wants to talk about. And so what, what are those issues that Aaron O'Toole would rather be talking about? Well, I I think Mr. O'Toole would like to talk in general about the economy. I think he would like to talk about inflation, um, the pandemic response, perhaps about income support. I think he'd like to talk about Canada-U.S. relationship. uh, And and Mr. O'Toole would like to be talking about his views of uh, scandal and corruption within the Liberal Party and having a hearing on those issues. So, Ian, is there a reason why the Conservatives in particular are dealing with so much internal turmoil right now? There are two reasons. One reason is that they lost the election and they're pointing fingers at how this happened. And if Aaron O'Toole's campaign strategy, declaring that this is not your grandfather's Conservative Party, if announcing a carbon pricing plan, if these things had worked and he was now the Prime Minister of Canada, some have noted, he probably would not be dealing with these issues or they would not be as extreme or intense 
had he won the election, Mr. O'Toole would have something that a Global Mail columnist once wrote about as the discipline of power to sort of deal with dissension. And that's part of any party coalition. But I think any party consists of a various interests. And there are different kinds of conservatives who have joined the conservative coalition for the journey that they're on right now. That would include, of course, former progressive conservatives, perhaps a bit to the left of the current party, members of the former Canadian Alliance, economic voters very much concerned about the economy and disaffected from the liberal approach, social conservatives and advocates for socially conservative causes, disaffected liberals perhaps, as well as those who are at odds ideologically with the current prime minister. And this particular group at this particular time are just rattling about in a way that's challenging for the Mr. O'Toole to deal with. It's worth noting, I guess, that the other leaders you know, are leading pretty tranquil parties. Mr. Trudeau is not facing any dissension within his party. Mr. Singh is not facing anything like this. The same with Ms. Blanchette. On the other hand, we know the Green Party, were, how things have turned out for them, but their, their team is here, their MPs are here just doing the work, but of course they're dealing with their own issues, but have no leader per se right now. Ian, you mentioned earlier that maybe part of this internal strife within the party is, is um, might come back to the fact that O'Toole tried to move his party to the center a little bit more ideologically. Is O'Toole actually kind of shifting the direction of the Conservative Party? He hasn't disavowed his approach from the last campaign. He hasn't come out and said, you know, oh, I made a mistake on carbon pricing or some of the key offers he made to Canadians in the last election. So it's unclear whether the party as a whole is um, where they stand on some of the policy stands he took, but he, he is still the leader and he's still sticking to the approach he took last time. So this kind of moving the party to the center, could you just break that down for us? Like, why would there be that desire on his part to move the party a bit more to the center? I think it's it's to get the votes, especially in urban Canada, especially in big cities, that they need to win seats. I don't think it entirely worked, but it's, yeah, it's basically making a case to supporters, competing with the Liberals, sort of going for votes in the center that he realized was a necessity. And do we have a sense of how this is all affecting the way that that Canadians, the way that that voters are actually viewing the party and and maybe viewing Mr. O'Toole? You know, I recall seeing a poll that suggested Mr. O'Toole was falling back, shall we say, in competition for support from voters. That said, no one, I think, is looking for an election anytime soon. It's a minority government, and minority governments obviously don't last forever, or certainly don't last usually full four years. But there's no election imminent, so Mr. O'Toole may well have time to try and work this out. So what's next for O'Toole, I guess? Does he get out of the situation? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's As I said earlier, it's, it's possible he does and looks back over his shoulder and says, wow, look at how that worked out. It's also entirely possible that this wears away at him and just makes his position untenable. It will be interesting to see how serious the dissenters within his his team, within the conservative family are. It's, it's going to take some time, I think, to see how this plays out. Ian, thanks so much for joining us. It was It was great to chat with you today. No, thank you very much. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks to Ian Bailey. 
Sign up for his daily politics newsletter at theglobeandmail.com to get everything you need to know in one place about the latest in politics. If you want to reach us, we're at thedecibel at globeandmail.com. And I'm on Twitter at ManicaRW. If you haven't already, please follow The Decibel wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.